That's a great song to lead us into our time to, together today. Father, you are all we need. We're going to express that today in multiple ways. Today's a different service. First, I just want to let you know, uh, we're glad you're here. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. Uh, we want to welcome you. If this is your first Sunday, a special welcome to you. And, and all of us, before we get into things, I want to do a couple things real quick. Is uh, One, if you would pull out this, uh, this bulletin, every one of you should have gotten one when you came in the room today. Uh, pull it out with me. We'll just all do this together. If you'll open up th that uh, bulletin on the front flap, you'll see there's some things that are going on, some highlights, some things we want you to know about. You'll see a financial update. If you'll go to the middle of that, uh, you'll see a place to take notes for the sermon. Uh, you'll also see this insert, Work as Worship, a live stream conference that's coming up that we want you guys to know about. And then on the back flap, see if I can do all this. Uh, the back flap, there is a connect card that is perforated. You can tear that off. So if you are new, uh, this is for you to take and fill out, tear off. At the end of the service, we're going to receive an offering. You can drop that in the offering. And we just want to help uh, connect you to what God's doing, even if you have questions about the church and, and what goes on at our church, what we're about, what the next steps are for you. This is the way to do that. Uh, we have a gift for you. Uh, so if you do drop that in the offering or if you take it back to the Connect desk outside where you see a computer and iPad, uh, drop that Connect card off there. We have a gift for you. We'd love for you to take that. It's a Phoenix Bible Church water bottle. So even though it's February, we need to stay hydrated in Phoenix. And so we're going to gift that to you today if you are new. And uh, if you are new, today is going to look way, way different than any other Sunday. And so before you look for the exit, give me some time. And I think it's going to be very beneficial for you and your growth in Jesus. Uh, we are coming off of a series uh, on prayer. That's how we started the year. Uh, I'm not going to recap the whole series today, but if you missed any of it, you can go online and listen to that, iTunes. But we started off the year just talking about the power of prayer and the persistence of prayer and the path of prayer. And not only did we do that on Sundays, but we also went through a, a 21 days of prayer and fasting, and so we, we gave you guys a guide for this, and I know not everybody went through that, uh, but a lot of you did. A lot of you fasted from something, whether it was a portion of your food for the day or social media or Netflix or whatever you did, and it impacted you over these last 21 days. And so uh, before moving on to the next series, which we're going to do next Sunday, uh, we're going to start a series on faith and work. We're going to talk about vocation and see what God has to say about our vocation. We spend 92,000 or so hours in life at work. And so we're going to talk about what, what does God have to say about that. So next Sunday's that. Come back for that. But today, uh, we wanted to reflect on these last 21 days and this last series. Before we just move on to the next thing, we want to stop and celebrate and reflect what God did for those of you who fasted, what God did for those of you who went through this series with us. So so here's what this is going to look like. Um, we're going to celebrate, one, we're going to hear some stories from some people in our church of what God did in their lives. Uh, two, we're going to pray together uh, corporately as a church. So we just talked about prayer. An application of that would be we actually pray. And so we're going to do that today uh, together. Uh, and then we're going to sing and worship. And really, that's a form of prayer as well. We're going to proclaim God's promises directly to him together as a church. And so we're going to have a Sunday where we stop, we celebrate, we worship together, all right? And so if you are new and you're thinking, man, I knew I picked a Sunday where they would make me do stuff I don't want to do, 
Uh, and, th- and that's okay. You, you can sit and observe other people praying. Uh, you can give the universal sign of don't bother me by folding your hands like this, closing your eyes and bowing your head. If that's what you want to do today, you can do that. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a part of Phoenix Bible Church, we want you to participate in this. And and here's why, because I realize this is uncomfortable for many of us. Um, And I think the reason is, part of it is just where we are as a culture, that our our tendency as a culture, we talked about this as a staff this week, is to numb, not nourish. Monday through Saturday, to, to numb, not nourish. I heard a stand-up comedian and a, another guy, a film director, both of them essentially said the same thing. They talked about how we always want to be distracted in our world, and it shows up in specific ways like texting and driving. And how now, I think in Phoenix, they just passed this, it's illegal to text and drive. Uh, most places it is. Uh, beyond that, we know it kills people, right? It causes all kinds of accidents and car crashes and destruction, And the stand-up comedian was talking about this. I heard another guy talk about the same very thing. He said, yet I look around, and as I'm driving, what is everybody doing? They're still texting and driving or whatever, right? Um, And and what he said, and this guy's not a Christian, and what he said was, it, it dawned on me that people would rather risk their life and risk the lives of others instead of being alone with their thoughts. And these two people aren't Christians, so they said, they admitted, they confessed, hey, that's me. That's not just other people. That, that's me. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. I don't want to come to grips with my life is, is meaningless, and so I will risk killing myself and killing other people so that I don't have to do that. Now listen, some of us in here are Christians. I know not all of us are But some of us in here are Christians, and maybe you don't text and drive. Hopefully you don't. Uh, But we do other things, and we run to distractions Monday through Saturday. Because even for us, we we know Jesus. We know our life has purpose and meaning, but there's some difficulty in our life. There's some sin in our life. There's some insecurity in our life, and we don't even like being alone with our thoughts. And so we will run to distraction as well. And so... We planned this out, this Sunday out, but the more we've led up to it, I've just been thinking in my own life how, how we need this, not just Monday through Saturday to nourish instead of numb. We need this on Sunday because here's the reality. The trap we can fall into is that church is just another practice where we numb instead of nourish. That church can just become like texting and driving or whatever else it is, a distraction where we come in, we hear some songs, the, the lights are bright, it's loud, we hear an engaging, entertaining message, and then we leave and we go about our week. And, and the reality is maybe for some of you, it numbs and it feels a little good, like I escaped my life and I just want to go to church and not think about my life. But the reality is on Wednesday, that numbing is over and you need some nourishment, right? And so as a church, we don't want to slip off into the culture and do what we do in our cars and on our phones and in our work and numb. We want to nourish, and we want to plan for that. Specifically, uh, today is going to be a day like that, where it feels a little uncomfortable to be alone with our thoughts, to reflect. But we want to create space as a church on a Sunday morning to nourish. Jesus talks about John 15, abide in me. Abide, that word abide means to dwell, to linger, to stay, 
stay in me with your whole self, with your mind, with your heart, with your soul, to abide in Jesus. Why? Because that's how things grow. That's how things bear fruit as we abide in Jesus. And so that's what today is about. So listen, some of you are going to feel uncomfortable, and some of you are thinking right now, like, man, I wish wish we were just doing the, the normal thing today. It's my first time. I want to hear this guy preach. You know, like, whatever you're thinking, I would just encourage you to resist those thoughts because the reality is, even though this is maybe not what we want, right, to celebrate, to worship, to spend time praying, reflecting, this is what we need. Psalm 23, very popular passage. Many of you will know it. But it talks about, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Why? To restore my soul. And, and I'm familiar with that passage, as many of you are. But uh, what stuck out to me recently is that he makes me lie down. There's the reality that we don't normally, instinctively reflect that we have to almost be forced, that God makes us lie down. And so we set this time aside for us to, to reflect so we can have our souls restored. Not so we can hear just some, some good things, never consider our lives or evaluate our lives and just leave and numb and go throughout the week. We want to restore. We want to nourish. We want to abide in Jesus. And so that's the point of today. That's what we're going to do today. And I realize as I say that, many of us, if we're honest, we don't even know what that feels like. Maybe you know Jesus, but if you're honest, Tim, I, I, I don't know what it would even look like to be restored in my soul. I've known Jesus for a long time. I go to church all the time. I go through my week every week, and I don't feel that restoration. Instead, I feel validation, affirmation, distraction, but I don't feel that restoration. And that's, that's what we need. And so God's going to make us lie down today, right? and restore our souls. So I'm excited to enter into this with you. Uh, here's what it's going to look like. First, we're going to hear from two people in our church. They're going to celebrate. We're going to reflect and celebrate with them as they share what God has done in their lives over this last 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I would encourage you to, to listen, to receive, to consider your own life as you hear from them. Uh, we're going to hear from Becca Laughlin first. So Becca, you can get ready to come up. Right after Becca, uh, Tere is going to share. And so would you guys welcome Becca up as he, she kicks us off this morning? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so that was definitely me. I got a late start on the prayer and fasting. Um, when the series began, my heart was really hard. I feel like my heart was just way over here in left field, like, oh my gosh. I was spending time with God every day and doing my quiet time, but I'd be quick to just jump up and like, okay, go. I wasn't sitting with God. But he softened my heart, and I was like, okay, yeah, I should fast. But I was like, oh, I can't fast like that. Okay, finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to spend time with God and just sit with him. And um, it was my experience that... And maybe some of you are like this, just sometimes it's just really hard to sit with God because we don't always want to hear what he's telling us, and it can be uncomfortable. And I think I had just been kind of numbing and running from God and just some things he was trying to talk to me about in my life. Um, but for me, he just started kind of course correcting me. It's just like we talked about, like he started bringing my heart to hear where he was. It didn't, um, 
he just tried to change my outlook. Like, he just started correcting me. And um, my first thought is when I get corrected is like, oh, no, God doesn't love me. Oh, my goodness. And I start freaking out. But he just led me to scriptures that just affirmed um, that even in his correction, like, he loves us. And it means we're his kids. And I was like, okay, I'm your kid. I'm your kid. Thank God. (laughs) But he started talking to me just about obedience. Like, hey, what about that thing I asked you to do nine months ago? And I was like, oh, okay, yes, yeah, that thing. What about that thing three months ago? I was like, oh, yeah, that thing too. So he just started talking to me about obedience and just also about who he is in my life. He talked to me a lot about holiness. And I think the word he kept putting on my heart was consecration. Like, um, we're set apart to be holy and for a purpose. And he also talked to me a lot about worldliness, like, is my life looking different than the world? And I think he just kind of pulled me back from everything. He didn't let me go out and do things. He just made me sit with him. And it was um, at times hard, but it was really good. He was speaking to me a lot. I journaled a lot, hours at a time. Um, So I just want to encourage you. Like, I just felt a lot of peace in that. I felt like, okay, God is speaking to me, but maybe I'm just not the one who's listening. So... Um, I just encourage you guys, like, yeah, you're not alone. Sometimes it is hard to sit with the Lord, and um, but when he corrects us, it's out of his love. And I was just started to look at that differently, like, okay, God, you love me. Like, this is, and it's for my good. You know, it says it's going to produce righteousness in our life. So um, that was my experience. So thank you. everybody. I'm Torre. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I never planned to be on this stage like ever, but um, Tim asked if I would share. And so I thought, why shouldn't I share? Right. So um, in thinking back to my experience, I could relate to a lot of what Becca said. Like at the beginning of this period of prayer and fasting, I wasn't terribly inclined. Um, I would say I had two reactions. I have my cheat sheet here, let me look. I had two initial reactions, and my first reaction was, like, I'm gonna knock this thing out of the park. Like, when it comes to fasting, like, I'm gonna dominate it. You know, I'm going to really do a good job because that's, you know, well, I'll get into that. But that was one reaction. And then, kind of with the other half of my brain, I said to myself, I don't want anything to do with this at all. And it was very conflicting, and I had to sit with that and navigate what was going on inside of me. Um, The reason I felt like I'm going to knock this out first was because in my previous experience or going through the years of my Christian walk with God, um, I was very performance-oriented. And so if if you give me a task to do, then I'm going to, you know, really, really get it done to the best of my ability, um, really try to excel at it. If I'm supposed to be here at 8 o'clock, I'll be here at 7.45. If you ask me to fast for a week, I'll fast for three. That kind of thing. And so um, God is dealing with me about that and and working on me to to recognize that I don't have to be good enough for him to love me. And I don't have to perform to be okay. And so that's where that 
mentality came from. The other half was because after some of those experiences of trying to really, you know, do more or go over and above whatever I'm supposed to do, I felt like I came out on the other end of some of those times and I felt very empty and unfulfilled and I felt like, you know, I did all this stuff, well, it doesn't feel like a whole lot has shifted or my life didn't magically transform and I didn't feel like I, f I felt the fruit of all my effort. And so once I, once I, you know, understood where both of those things came from, I really just turned into God and tried to, you know, uh, instead of what that produced, I would say, instead of trying to either do one or the other, it became a process of negotiating with God every day. And, and really, instead of defining, this is what I'm going to do for three weeks, um, I, I basically had more of a, an intimate relationship with God on a daily basis. Like, what is it, God, that you're touching today? What, what is it that you want me to, to abstain from? What is it that you're putting your finger on that I need to address? And, and on a daily basis, it changed. And so for me, that was um, one of the things that made this prayer and fasting different because I didn't put my own effort into it. I didn't, you know, get my flesh on it. And it was just something which I, I sought to let God define for me on a continuous basis. Um, and then the second thing is related to the first, which is, um, you know, like all of us, I have some things that I really want to hear God's mind on and I want God to tell me what he wants and how to move forward in certain situations. Um, and so at the beginning of this, I basically had those key things in mind, like, okay, God, this is when you're really going to show up and you're going to define all these solutions and you're going to make everything clear after three weeks. Um, but a few weeks ago, we had the guest speaker talking about the path of prayer. And he made a statement and he said, you know, um, prayer is not transactional, it's relational. And, you know, it's not about what stuff we get from God, but it's aligning our hearts to God. And that ministered to me, that really impacted me. And um, I remember after that period of time, when I reflected on it, it, it kind of changed the whole perspective I had on, you know, th this period of fasting and prayer. And instead of focusing on those big ticket items that I really wanted to, to get addressed, I, I found my time with God being very much more um, me just relating to my father and me being comfortable sitting in his presence. And so... It was like, you know, you have a long day, you get home from work, you're tired, you just, you just want to relax and, and do the whole Netflix and chill and, you know, do nothing. Um, but then I felt like, you know, in those times, instead of turning to those things to numb my, my feelings or numb my tiredness, um, being okay with turning into God and allowing him to be my rest and my refuge. And it was just a lot of times of meditation or reading the word or prayer, whatever it looked like but it was just more relational. And so at the end of the experience, um, I would say the impact for me was, you know, it wasn't the stuff I got from God, but it was just getting more of God. And that's something that, you know, not having to perform, not having to, 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 to be, you know, do anything extra to get God's attention is a mentality and a, a path that I want to continue following. And that was kind of my journey. Thank you, Tere and, and Becca, for sharing. Uh, these guys know, and I think they've admitted 
this confliction of whether they wanted to share or not, which just so you know, everybody goes through that, who we ever asked to share. Um, and so they're not up here as like the example, like the ideal. They're up here as just, um, as just people who you can relate to. And so maybe you didn't fast. Uh, maybe you haven't prayed much. Uh, but hopefully this would give you ideas of how you can start to implement that in your life as a regular person just like these guys. Um, one thing I missed earlier is uh, Sound Off, uh, which is our middle school ministry. We just launched a, a month ago. Uh, normally at this point in the service, we dismiss them to their class. And I forgot to do that. So my bad. Um, what we decided to do, Stacia and Evan, if you guys can stand up, uh, they lead our sound off ministry. Would you just thank them? They do a phenomenal job. They just started this ministry in the last month. And, uh, so we have fifth grade plus that go to this. We also have like my, uh, daughter's like third grade, fourth grade. So if you're a new family and you have, uh, kids in that age range, uh, what they're going to do and what they wanted to do is, uh, do what we do today. Uh, to not go off separately, uh, but to stay in this room and, and teach our middle school-ish age kids how to do what we're doing in prayer and worship and celebration. We believe that's so important to nourish our souls. We believe it's important for them. And so you can see these guys right down here. So as we go into these sections of prayer, uh, if you are a kid in that age range, just hop down and go meet Stacia and Evan. And they're going to do what we're already doing. Uh, just talk about it together as a group right down here in front. So let me lead us in our first section of prayer as we get rolling here. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this. It says, come to me, this is Jesus, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus offers us this morning that restoration. Not distraction, but restoration. And it's through prayer and unloading our burdens. So I want to guide you through this first section of prayer. This first section is just going to be personal prayer. So just right where you are personally, uh, you can bow your head, close your eyes, and just pray and follow these points. The first one being a prayer of repentance. That is Jesus offers to take our labors and our burdens, that we would unload them to him in our prayers. So our fear, our doubt, our guilt, our stress, our shame, uh, whatever you may be feeling this morning, the distraction, the guilt over, man, that's me. I, I distract over and over in life. And just that you would take this time to unload that to God. And then as you repent, you would also pray a prayer of rest, that you would receive God's forgiveness, that you would thank him for his grace and love that's that's provided for you already through the cross of Christ. And so just personally where you are, would you start to pray that? You can look at the screen, remind yourself, what am I supposed to be praying? And just personally right where you are, take advantage of this time to, to see and experience a soul that is resting in Jesus. Let's take a moment to do that.
26 through 27, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Let's sing together and continue to pray and worship.
So would you guys welcome up Molly as she shares with us? Hi, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> so my name is Molly, um, just like Tim said. And it's so funny, um, but this morning Tim was talking about distraction. And I had absolutely no idea that he was going to say that. But um, I was going to talk about distraction this morning as well, uh, simply because when I... Um, heard that we were going through this sermon series on prayer, the first thing I thought about was, wow, 
my prayer life lately has been really filled with distraction. Um, Throughout this year, um, I've been praying a lot on my way to work um, in the car. And when I say this year, um, I'm actually a school teacher. Um, I'm in my first year of teaching high school physics right now. And so there's, yeah, really cool, right? Um, Some of you are like, oh, geez, physics. Um, But there's this really steep learning curve to my job. So I'm waking up early every morning, staying late at work at night, and um, God has just really called me to this time in my life where my work is really consuming. And I think it's a, it's a good thing. I get a really great chance to love on kids every day, but um, my time, my energy, my focus is really so much on my job. Um, but so I've been praying every year or every day this year on my way to work, um, just asking God to be present with me um, and to go before me in every challenge that I have to face for the day. And... Um, The hard part is, on my way to work, um, as I'm praying these things, I might be praying for a specific student, and in the midst of my prayers, I start to become distracted, and start to become distracted with, well, oh, the student that I'm praying for, oh, what about this quiz grade that they got, or this email that I have to send to their parents, or this, then I'm like, on this test I have to write later, and all the grading I have to do, and I'm like, oh, wait, I was praying that was happening, and now I'm not anymore. All of a sudden, my thoughts are not being directed towards the Lord at all, and I'm just worrying. Um, So during this time of prayer and fasting, I wanted to take a chance to really start to sit down um, and focus in my prayers. So what I decided to do um, was twofold. First, I decided to um, stop using social media for three weeks because I thought, you know, this is a place where I intentionally distract myself. So I'm going to cut that out. Um, And then I also decided that instead of eating lunch with my uh, faculty in the faculty office every day, I would um, go to my classroom for 30 minutes and just pray and journal and read my Bible. Um, And two amazing things happened. One is that peace that Tim was talking about last week. I think it was last week. Um, I really started to feel this peace that surpasses all understanding. And it was because I really started to realize that God was present with me. It's funny, but I had been praying every morning, you know, God, please be present with me. Please go before me and my problems that I have to deal with today. And he answered those prayers, even in the first three periods of the day where I was teaching, whether it was giving extra grace to a student or having a parent-teacher conference that I was really nervous about. um, God had answered those prayers in the morning, and before, I had never taken the time to listen and see, you know, God is answering these prayers. He's here. He actually is with me. And now I took the time and I was starting to actually realize it and see these specific examples. And that gave me so much confidence going through the rest of my day. You know, God is with me. Like all these problems that I think are so big, all these um, little things that I'm worried about, they just became so much smaller. Um, And then the second thing that was happening um, was I was starting to see things from such a heavenly vantage point. Um, I think of Romans 8. Um, where Paul talks about setting our minds on things of the spirit rather than setting our minds on the things of the flesh. And I started to see this play out in just the everyday interactions I have with my students. Um, I think about the uh, quote by C.S. Lewis, where he talks about the severity of the reality that every interaction we have with every human is uh, immortal in the sense that no soul that we ever speak to um, is ever going to cease to exist. And I started to see my students the way that I think God sees us. Um, You know, God um, 
enjoys watching us learn to walk even when we stumble. And so when my students were asking me silly questions, I know they say there's no such thing as a stupid question. They've never been a teacher, those who say that. Um, but even when my students were asking me silly questions or um, I was answering something for the 50th time that day or um, one of my colleagues was bothering me for some reason, um, God really gave me the grace to see those people in my life and in my work, how he sees them. And I started to see my students like, wow, I get to be with you guys for a year as you walk and learn how to be better humans. Like what a privilege that is. Um, I think being able to see things from this heavenly vantage point, setting my mind on the spirit and really taking um, intentional time to do that. God was just really faithful in that by giving me peace, but then also allowing me to see the world through his eyes and what a blessing and a privilege that is. So it was a really great three weeks. And I, um, as I go forward, um, I think I still will definitely use social media less and also continue to pray during the day um, and pray in times and in places that are hard to do so. Um, I've just found that whenever problems seem so big, getting our heart right and our eyes right with God um, just makes everything seem so much smaller. So thank you so much for letting me share. <laughs> Appreciate it. Everybody, um, my name is Leah. This is my husband, Trevor. Um, so for me personally, throughout these past three weeks during this series, um, there were two major, um, two major kind of growth areas, I guess you could call them. Um, the first being our relationship and our marriage. Um, I would say, unfortunately, uh, we've been married for about a year and a half-ish now, and then been dating for two years before that, and sadly, I could probably count on one hand, apart from communion at church, how many times we've prayed together. Um, so when we decided to be intentional in this series, um, God really showed himself in that. Uh, we prayed every morning together. There was one day that he came to my work during lunch, and for probably an hour straight, we just talked about what we had been praying about, kind of, I was much more vulnerable with him and, you know, my, uh, my struggles in prayer and faith. And I think just through, you know, this series, um, we've grown together in our faith with God as our, you know, as our head and, uh, just taking that forward. Um, we, you know, we need to continue to do that and, uh, just kind of, be vulnerable with each other there. And then secondly, for me personally, um, like everybody's kind of been talking about with distractions and intentionality with God, um, I was terrible at that. Um, I would do my daily devotion or the study for whatever group I was in um, in the morning while I ate breakfast. And what I learned through this is that is just not what spending time with God is about. Um, Taking personal time without eating, you know, I would drink water, I wouldn't, you know, drink coffee, I just would sit by myself, it was, I would wake up before Trevor would wake up, and I would sit on the couch in the morning and read um, the prayer guide that was provided by the church, and use that as my starting point, and then kind of just continue in prayer, and um, 
and time with God and, you know, taking that intentional time um, and carrying that throughout the day was especially important for me. Um, like I said, I would, I would do my devotion in the morning. I would throw up a quick prayer and be like, all right, time to go to work. And that was all I did. And through this series, just praying, you know, when you wake up on your way to work, at work, on your way home, it was just a constant relationship and constant conversation with God. And that was just something I had never experienced before. And it kind of showed me what a relationship with God was really like. I thought I knew and, you know, come to find out it was nowhere near what, you know, what it's supposed to be like. So taking that forward, um, and just spending intentional time with God, not thinking about anything else and not distracting myself with anything, um, is something that I am going to continue to do. And, and then again, just with us and, you know, being, yeah, being with each other when we pray and kind of talking about what we're praying about and reading. So, um, so I feel like the kid who goes, brings his science project to school and has a really cool volcano and everybody else has a volcano and they already did that, you know, so I'm basically echoing what everybody said. Um, but to piggyback on what Leah said, um, I think our conviction, um, ultimately through kind of this series, um, was that as it relates to our mission here at PBC to love Jesus and live like Jesus, um, we took like a hard look at our lives and we, we, we had to say that we, our lives didn't look like Jesus. And so, um, you know, like Christ said, those who love me will keep my commandments. And so when we looked at our lives and how, um, as imitators of Christ, we weren't imitating Christ. We weren't praying together. We weren't praying in the morning when he got up and spent time with uh, the Father. We weren't seeking him and seeking counsel in his word when we had decisions to be made. Um, and I think through the series, we had time to um, be intentional and say, you know, Lord, you're our priority over all these other things that can keep us busy. Um, you know, we, we tend to go through life and um, say we have these really big deadlines coming up that are important and we have things to do or we're busy and, uh, you know, like, oh, I'll get to it tonight. And then you're tired when you get home and um, it gets passed over. We don't cultivate that relationship. And uh, for Lee and I, I think taking that time in prayer and fasting to say, Lord, you're our priority. You're what's most important and you're, you're what sustains us. Um, created a whole nother dynamic to our relationship with the father. And it grew up like our, it grew our relationship. If we, you know, if we're seeking God, we're able to love others well. Um, and if, you know, and we could, it was easier to see when that wasn't happening um, through this series, because when we weren't praying, when we weren't fasting, when we weren't seeking the Lord, we could see how, either, you know, our, our conduct or our behavior was affected towards each other. And in turn, how we, uh, treated other people. Um, and we had a verse, uh, Leah actually found it. She texted me one day. Yeah, let me pull it up. Um, I think it might've been one of the passages for, for the series. Um, it's Psalm 73, 25 through 28. And, you know, I know it, I know it can be trite to be up here and just kind of say something and, and read some scripture and say, man, this is really impactful. Um, but I think when, when it resonates um, during fasting and prayer, it, it takes on a whole nother level of importance. Um, 
So it, it goes, uh, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I might tell of all your works. And like I said, it, you know, it's easy for us to just um, say, oh, man, that's, that's great. That's, that's beautiful. Like, seek God. He'll, you know, he, he takes care of us. And um, I think what we realized through the series and through prayer and fasting was that um, there's truth in that, that there's peace, there's um, uh, refuge, and, uh, and we're so easily distracted. And so, um, you know, the takeaway with the series was that um, he needs to be the priority and that um, we need to be cautious of being distracted by the world. Um, so anyway, we hope you're encouraged by what we, what we shared, and thanks for having us. Hey, can we thank them just one more time for sharing? It takes a lot of courage to do that, for uh, just being vulnerable and just participating in this time with us. Uh, it was encouraging for me. I hope it was for you as well. We're going to uh, practice what they just talked about. We're going to pray again and have another section of, of guided prayer. Uh, this time, we're going to pray as groups. Uh, we don't have chairs that can move. If you notice that. Um, so we've done this before, and we're just going to awkwardly turn to one another, another and pray. Uh, if you need to, you can even hop out of your seat and jump down with some other people. Uh, you can stand over some other people, whatever you need to do uh, to pray in a group. If you're new, again, you can sit quietly, bow your head. You don't have to pray with others. You can just listen. Um, if you'd like to pray, jump in with other people. And we're just going to take a few minutes to pray as uh, groups in our church. And I want to guide our time with this verse, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. It says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through a spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So as we pray during this section that you would have that, that passage on your mind that this time may root and ground you in this love that, that extends beyond any boundary we could think, the breadth, the height, the length, the depth, the love that surpasses even knowledge, that you would experience that corporately as groups and that we would pray for this fullness of God to be in our church, first of all. So prayers for Phoenix Bible Church, that you would pray for things like unity amongst our church, for leaders who lead different things in our church, for ministries uh, for a future location that we have talked about, that you would pray uh, for our church, that everything we do, every single thing we do, from a, a Sunday morning to a Bible study to an event, that every sing, single thing we do would do what Ephesians 3 talked about, would, would root us and ground us in love, that you would pray for our church along those lines. Uh, and then you would also pray for our city and our nation, for salvations among your personal family, friends, 
neighbors, for unity across churches, specifically in Phoenix, but also elsewhere, that we would join together to proclaim Jesus for the poor, for the oppressed in our city. And so that right now, as we move into this time, that you would just gather with some people around you, maybe three to four to five people, and just pray. Pray out loud. You can listen. You can pray if you would like. And pray for Phoenix Bible Church. Pray for our city and our nation.